Hey, you all. Hi, hi, hi. It is Sunday. It is 11 Central Standard Time, and it is time to get busy on the microphone. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I'm having a great Sunday. Um, in spite of... Um, <clears throat> go ahead and give a moment to my aunt that just um transitioned into the ancestral plane um this morning so shout out to auntie miran your um resting wholeness and wellness now may your next lifetime be as productive and beneficial as this one love you journey well journey light journey on on that note thank you thank you thank you if you're just tuning in, this is the Window C Station. <clears throat> I am Abracadabra, your MC and the creator of the Window C, and I am happy to be with you all on the Sunday. Um, it's actually kind of nice outside, uh, despite it being a little bit cold here in Chicago. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a great time as well. I should have had some tea, you all. But all my listeners near and far, as always, gratitude gratitude you didn't have to be here you could have been anywhere in the world well uh, you are anywhere in the world but you could have been anywhere doing anything but you're here with me and like i always say i appreciate the fuck out of it thank you so so much and um you guys are gonna hear me moving around because i do need tea i'm a little crackly but <clears throat> to liven it up a little bit yeah this is my ode to black history in the month of february part two the black father and as i explained to you all i have guests these are men in my life that i feel exemplify what it is to be a father and that's just from my window seat because i was raised by my father as well my mother too but i am a true daddy's girl i've lived with my father the majority of my life and when i see these young men or these men that are my age and they remind me of my father. That's me. That's like a great father. You know, that is a great, great father. So I asked him to come on my my radio station and be a part of the, um, the podcast, get on these waves, share their experiences and thoughts. I give them two questions and they answer them. And then I throw in a little like side question as well. And... Side note, I had to do an interview, and I don't know if anybody out there in the anchor world knows. I have an iPhone. One of the people, um, one of the gentlemen I wanted to interview has an Android. And I tried to um, pre-record his interview for today's segment. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't get him because every time I went to ask him to join, he didn't come into my screen, but... I came into his somehow and it was recording, but we couldn't hear each other. So if anybody has any update on that, on how to get somebody with Android, if it doesn't even matter, which I don't think it should, um, let me know. Call in, please. So I really want to get this gentleman on. I'll figure out a way because he's he's a dope dude. Shout out to Sarone Crowder Nation. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I have a goodie today, though. I provided a little twist, and I'll, <clears throat> I hope, I'm not going to announce what it is. Hopefully, you'll get it as we go through this segment, and um, I'll explain why I did it at the end um, of the part two, and I am also excited to announce that my dad is going to have the whole last segment. I will be um, 
going live from Nebraska, so I'm going to try to figure out how I'm going to do that. But, you all, yes, this is the window seat station. Thank you for coming in here, sharing your space and time. I understand. I don't even know who I'm talking to, but whoever you are, I love you. Happy Sunday. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, wherever you are, if you are in warm weather, please send me some good sun sun vibrations because uh, I can use a beach right now. <clears throat> yes, I can. So I'm going to try to make some tea. Well, I am going to make some tea. We're going to go to break and I'm going to um, introduce my next guest. Or how about I just, we go into our first guest, Mr. Uh, James Blair from the DDD. My homie, Mr. James Blair is up next. He'll be introducing at the window seat. Or I'll be introducing him to the window seat. Indeed. Listen up. Come back. Yo. Yo. Um, you guys, we're having te- technical difficulties. So it found out it was my phone. I, I apologize. I apologize. So with further ado, I'm just going to go ahead and do what I normally do. This is the window seat, everybody. I am Abracadabra, your MC and the creator of the window seat. And I have my next special guest. Yes, I do. And this, um, my old black history in the month of February, the Black Father. And I am introducing my homie, my homeboy, Jay Fizzle, or AKA JB. Now, you all, so that's how dedicated he is. Thank you. Yeah, that's, not, that's why you hear all the, the bells and the whistles. Absolutely, absolutely. JB, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I need for introduction. JB, James Blair. Regular, regular dude, man, just trying to make it out here in the streets. Absolutely, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> cool, um, cool, calm, and collective type. As usual. As usual. Yes. I met JB in college. Um, Ooh, let's go, Broncos. He's actually the teammate of the other guest that I had on here, which is London. So I met, you know, them around. Actually, I met JB. Because me and JB is the um, same age, so we're a year older than um, London. Yep. But, like, he was cool with people ever since then. Like, JB has, like, been the person you come to when you got a guy problems. JB is, like, here. JB is there to make you laugh. JB is just a cool dude. Professional football player and all that. And he is now a family man. Has That's a right. family of his own. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Shout out to Jesse Jean. Gotta love him. Absolutely. And um you all I'm so I'm so honored to have him on the show and share time and space with him. So we're gonna hop right into these awesome questions that I got for him for his um and this is part two of Ode um to Black History in the month of February, the Black Father. So thank you for being a guest on the show with JB and let's get it cracking. Let's go, let's go. Alright, so the first question I gave JB is um <clears throat> Before he had children, what did he be, or what did he think being a father meant? So, if you want to expound on that, Mister Blair. Well, uh, before I had children, I always thought like a father was you know, just a provider and uh, just type uh, just hold the house down and be there for. Yeah, it's just like any other dad. 
Um, but uh, it's a lot more than that, man. You know, I just I thought it was simple. I thought it was a simplistic situation to where I just, you know, you just walk into it and everything will work out. It doesn't. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> It right. does not work like that. I always thought being a father was just, um, you know, like a, it's, it's like a chore. That's what I thought it was at first. But now I see that it's a real privilege, man, to be a father, to be a real father out here. You know, people don't understand that because some people don't, <clears throat> they don't take their uh, fatherhood serious. You know, you being a father, some people just say, hey, you know what? Oh, I got kids. Oh, I'm a father. But are you a father father? Are you there? Are you doing everything you're supposed to do? So, yeah, but now. Don't don't spoil it because that's my next question, JB. Uh, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) See, this is is how me and seeing JB, me and JB are because he knows who I be doing with me. Why he's like my right hand man. But, um, Jay, so with that being said, like, um, what do I want to say? Because you're, you're speaking on, you know, being a father, father, now that you have kids, like, you actually just answered the question, what is father, being a father means to you now that you have a child and has that changed? And you actually, you just answered the whole question. Now I got to give you another yeah. question. Well, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Give me, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here See, for you. I just I did think... that like all smoothly. All right. So I, um, I put out the notion that, you know, I understand that raising, being a black man in this world and, ooh, that's a good one. Okay, JB, being a black man in this world and knowing what you go through, what are the things that, what are, I guess, the top three things you're going to have to tell Junior as he navigates his world as a young one? Like, what are your top three things you need him to always know? I always need him to, to understand that uh, don't ever be uh, don't ever be how can I say this? Don't ever be ashamed of who you are as a black man, number one. Number one, always be proud of who you are Number two, I would say, just because you have friends that can do certain shit, that, oh, my bad, because. No, you're fine. You have Go friends, ahead, do you. Just because you have friends that can do certain things, son, you can't do everything your friends do. See, I want Junior to grow up. He's, well, he's already growing up in a uh, multicultural area. You know, he has white friends, black friends. Uh, Arabic friends, you know, but I want him to understand that what your white friends can do, you can't do at all, okay? And the reason why I say that is because the stigma on a black man, even if he's a, even if he's just a good kid, it's still he's a black kid. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I just want him to be—I want him to be aware of who he is, and when he's out with his buddies. And then number three, I want him to just respect everybody. Give everybody the same respect that you would give me and your mother. You know, just even if you see somebody on the on the side, and people don't really talk to him. 
they ain't really got friends like that. Just go say, hey, hey, how you doing, man? Or if you walk by, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Just be open to everyone because you never know what you how you can hurt, hurt, you can hinder, or you can help somebody throughout their day with not saying nothing or saying something. So a lot of people don't get that every day. So I just want him to be be respectful to all and be open to all. You know, so and, and that's just my spiel. Tell everybody where you're from and give the people a little bit of background about um, if you can or if you would allow us a background about you and your father. Well, me and me and my father's relationship was uh, oh, it's, it had been. Tell people where you're I'm from, from Detroit. Uh, I'm from the D, straight out of Detroit City, the city. The city. I'm not from a surrounding suburb. I'm from the city of Detroit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, we always get cats on. Be like, oh yeah, I'm from uh, Farmington Hills. Like, uh, 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 all right. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, me and my dad. See, my dad. Um, I was real close to my dad. I. I mean, we were. Every every time you see him, you see me, and. Uh, when he had got incarcerated, uh, you know, we I, I fell out of touch with him for a long time. Then when I got like to the eighth grade, uh, he came back in my life and was and has always been ever since then has been a pillar to me. You know, and been able to talk to me and be honest with me and 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 anything I wanted to know, he's always there to answer. So, you know, me and my father. We've been on rocky terms sometimes, but he's still he's still in my life. He's still strong, a strong presence in my life. So he, he helps me with junior. I ask him questions, and uh, that's really where I get my mentality from. My, my father, you know, he, he, my father. Then I got my uncles and uh, coaches. You know, I've, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to have some, some good quality men in my life. But my father has always been that pillar. Absolutely, and it's, it's, you know, I, I have to thank your father, because you're, you're a good dude. He's a good dude. Thank you, Mr. Big Blair, dude, father, <laughs> JB. <laughs> JB is like a unicorn. This dude is magnificent, and he cooks like magnificent, y'all. JB, you got to go ahead and plug yourself. Oh, I man, know. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a... He's trying to be humble, but he knows I'm, I'm a plug. I'm trying to get my... I'm trying to get. I'm trying to figure out a second hustle. I, I, I call it a hustle. You know, some folks just say, "Hey, you know, I'm trying to do this business thing, this, that, and the third." Black folks, we call it a hustle. So, with that being with that being said, I'm just doing a little hustling, cooking a little bit, and just learning how to um, hone my skills. You know, get better at things. You know, I could do a little something. You know, I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot, toot, goddammit. Well, I will. So, because uh... <laughs> he cooks um, delicious food. You can find him on his Instagram. I will have his Instagram page on um, the tag for the for the um, announcement of this segment. So get your Friday lunches in. He is available on the south side of Chicago. And I believe even through, I want to say, maybe Indiana, because he has to pass through there to get home. Yep. In Michigan, yep, uh, yep, so yep, I'm yep. plugging, and I will definitely tag him to your IG. But JB, I'm gonna give you this last deep question because I know you can handle it. And this is my X Factor, um, X Factor question. Uh-oh, um, here we I go. Know, 
I know you and your father are close and you said that's where you get much of your wisdom from and you know your tools that you've been using to navigate this world so if you were to go back in time and be that little kid that young bull in your father's presence y'all doing whatever whatever day it is y'all out barbecuing whatever and he drops the 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 illest jewel on you that he will never forget in your life that you still carry for today what was the one thing he says you just made you just like okay that's it like that's what i'm gonna have in my life and you know that's something you would tell him as a kid thank you for telling you him telling you that well my dad well that's a good question but my father he once told me this was back when i was go ahead paint the picture go ahead paint the picture i was I was in, uh, my dad was picking me up one day. It was spring and uh, I was in eighth grade and uh, he was picking me up from school. He had just got out and kind of, you know, hanging around me and things like that and trying to get back with me. And uh, he was talking to me and he told me, son, always remember men do what they want, boys do what they can. And I always thought that, I thought to myself like, what does dad mean by that? Like, I never understood it until I got over. Say that again. Any Say it again. Men, men do what they want. Boys do what they can. So, basically, what he was saying is, to do what you, to be a man out here and be able to do what you want, you got to, you have to be able to do the things that's necessary so you can do what you want. Boys do what they can. When you say boys do what they can, that basically means that you're only limited if you don't put the time in and do what you have to do to do what you want. So you limit yourself. That makes you a boy. If you're limiting, limiting your anything, your your schooling, your job, whatever the case may be. If you're limited in yourself, you'll forever be a boy. So that's what that's one jewel that he's. That, he, that has stayed with me throughout these years and I use it all the time. And then, you know, now, now I use that and now I, I, I catch my son telling, I catch me telling my son certain things and mm-hmm. certain things as far as like, now I tell, I tell my son every day, every day he goes to school, his mom calls me and, uh, you know, when I'm, when I'm at work and she'll call me, they'll be in the car and I tell them every day, son, be a leader, be a leader, son. So some of the jewels that my dad dropped on me, the men do what they want, boys with the king, has kind of transferred to this generation of me telling my son, son, be a leader. Mm-hmm. So, and you not, only, you not only do that with your son, because you got, I, I have to tell this to you, JB also helps out a um, out a youth group in Michigan, in California, where he now resides. And like he teaches a young man how to cook, he teaches him even in rites of passage. Me and JB had a a conversation a couple weeks ago or a week ago about rites of passage because we meet him chat a lot over the um you know just text messages, just calling each other, just shooting shit. And um yeah, he does a lot for the youth, but especially young black boys. And even just young men in general, but he, you know, he does, when he gets a group of boys, he does really focus on the young black men because he, he knows. 
Yeah, because that's, I mean, that's what we, I mean, that's what I got to put all my faith in. I got to put my faith in the young black man, because if I don't, then we're just going to lead them astray. And they're going to, they don't have nobody to lead or to talk to. Then now my generation, now we look like damn fools because we didn't teach the generation behind us about how to come up and how to get through certain things and how to do things the right way. So, um, yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I work with the street program. It's called the street program out of uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's a uh, it's a boys it's a boys um, it's a boys program from ten to seventeen. Um, we right now we're predominantly African American, but when we get uh, we're starting to emphasize um, more on the brown community you know black and brown is the same damn thing i tell people that all the time absolutely you know if we may be we may be different it may be a language barrier but it's the same damn thing so um now that we put (laughs) yeah now we put our uh now we put our our uh our spanish community within in our program with our the black community, the young bros. So it's gonna it's gonna work out well. It's gonna work out well. I've been doing this for a while, and, and, and I love it. I love to see the, uh, the young men come in and tell me what they're going on, what's been going on, and how can I help, and just giving them pointers on certain things. So yeah, JB doesn't do. know he's a low key social worker. And it's funny because with the irony behind that is his wife is a social worker. Yeah, and she is a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she always she always tells me like you just don't know how you have changed so many of those kids' lives. And I never thought that I was in the business of changing lives. I just thought I was in the business of hey, look here. Let me tell you a little something. Let me put this little let me put this little nugget of knowledge in your dome so you can keep it with you and never say that nobody ever told you nothing. So that's what I like. Probably, to do. Because it only takes one counter. It only takes one influential person to come into somebody's life and flip a whole destiny. Like yeah, how they whole... get from point A to point B all around changing. It's like just because, you know, the boys that JB is actually touching in this um um, program by giving them knowledge, wisdom, sharing his experience, touching them in a sense of like mentoring and guidance and stuff yep. like that. As they grow up, they're never gonna forget that imprint he left in their lives. Like just because they met him, you know what I'm saying? It helps them be a better man for their friends, their loved ones, their family, the woman, the women that they're going and to encounter, yeah. oh, yeah. they're gonna procreate and have children and start their own families just because they met this one person. Because he yep. made it his business to, hey, I'm just doing what's in my soul, my character to do. And that's why JB is on my show. That's why he's a part of this. Because what I told you, the show is dedicated based off uh, my, my experience with my father. Each one of these men remind me of my father and the way that they interact and their characters in the world. And, oh, it's just so wonderful to see JB from... Knowing him like fresh, like we were eighteen coming in there, so like yeah, you know, well, with, with a family yeah. and a wife, and yeah. Oh, well, uh, as my as I always say, 
I got obligations and situations. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I get through them. But I get through them on a daily, you know. Hey, yeah. and he will make you laugh. Like, this is another day you cannot be mad around or sad around. He will make you laugh. He used to call me every day. We'll have, like, what was that, before or after work we were talking? Uh-huh, before work. After work, whenever. We be just... <laughs> <laughs> They'd be I cracking had, like, up, the boy. the worst day and, uh, the whole ride home. Me and him just like, I'll forget where I'm going. And I'm, I go home every day. Yo, he is a blessing. I appreciate your whole energy, dog. Like, so, so much. Hey, man, you know, it's, it's, um, it's easy to bring the energy to the table when the same, when the person that you bring the energy to spewing the same thing. So, Absolutely. you know, when you, when you oozing with the good energy and the good vibes, and then you got somebody else they got the same it, it's a good mesh man you can talk all day you know uh, some people like some people at my job oh my god i'll be like baby talking to me i'll be like uh-huh, oh yeah oh yeah yeah uh-huh yeah well i gotta get going be trying to cut the conversation short real quick because they it's always something that down down and down and down it, it drains me mm-hmm. I'm, sooner or later i'm gonna tell them listen man stop talking to me okay just stop mm-hmm. talking to me Yes, so. my friends are very conscious about time, space, and people they and energy, the energy they bring into their circle. So I have some really like very conscious, energy conscious friends that know, you know, what's going on in this world. And we can we can chat on that level. And just to put it out there, JD has a very unconventional lifestyle because he works in Chicago, but lives yep. in Kalamazoo. So this oh, yeah. is like back and forth, like with a whole family. Do you understand? You know what? I always people tell me like, why do you do that? Won't you just move the family? Won't you just do this or that? I tell people all the time, listen, I don't, I don't need my wife to have a burden of moving from where she at, all her friends and all this other stuff, and and then she has a great job herself, and I just me, I don't care. I get on the road because I know that this is gonna help my family. You gotta go where the money is. And if it, if a little bit of travel, if you're scared of a little bit of travel, then you're scared to live life. So I'd rather make the money to where the, wherever the money is. I'll go get it. I ain't got no problem with going to get it. Absolutely, absolutely. And you all, I, want, I just want, we're gonna wrap it up because JP is at work and I keep forgetting. It's like I told you, I can just talk to him all day long. We're gonna wrap it up. But I wanna thank you so much for being on this time and now. I'm, the, I'm the, at the window seat with us. Hold my with me and Park. Thank you for joining me. Stay tuned. I have another guest coming up, but thank you for joining with me and JB. And I'm going to have him on the show for some other things, like even you know, maybe do like his recipe. Shout out his, um, his business club. Oh, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I do have viewers out there. He can, you know, the whole purpose of this is for him to share his experience. For me to tell you what the magnificent male, black male fan, friends that I have that are fathers, put them up in the pedestal, especially at this time of month or any month. And to any black male that's out here having these issues or, you know, just need somebody to talk to, like I said, I do tag um, when I'm announcing the segment, I do tag it in my IG and I do tag their names. Um, please be respectful. Don't be weird. Don't be a creep. Or, you know, um, <laughs> right. give y'all their information. 
but if you have questions don't be social stalking (laughs) right (laughs) they will reach out to you if you have a general concern you know um i told you my parents are very cool and stuff like that but if they are uncomfortable they'll let you know as well but if you have any questions or just need somebody to talk to about situations being a black male growing up or if you're about to be a black father or sorry a father and you're a black man you just need you know experience tips please reach out to these young men um my friends they'll be willing to help if needed. all day all day Alrighty, well, and me and JB have future endeavors. Me and JB and Jesse have future endeavors in the future, so be watching out for that because it's, it's about to get real. But we gonna hey, be long as, as get, as long as it get real and 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 it affects the the realness affects the community, I'm with it. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. I got my squad, gang, gang. Ooh, and JB, I have something to talk to you about. I'm gonna send it to you. Um. I'm gonna send it to you and Jess in the text message when we get off the the, the waves. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, y'all. This has been the Window Seat. I'm about to let you guys listen to these great tunes over these frequencies. Y'all chill out. Go get whatever you need. Some iced tea, um, a Pepsi, whatever the case may be, and come back. We'll be back right here at the Window Seat. All right, all right. Hey, you all. If I am doing this right, if I'm doing this right. First of all, welcome back to The Window Seat. This is Abracadabra, the MC and the creator of The Window Seat. Yes, indeed, if you're just now tuning in, you're tuning into my part two of my ode to Black History in the month of February, The Black Father. And if I did this right, you just heard my homeboy JB all the way from Detroit, Michigan. Again, as I said, we met in college. I met him along with London. And um, not at the same time, but they they all played on the football team there. And um, it's just a pleasure to have him on the show, uh, even in, in his dedication, because, man, we couldn't get the app to work. And I was just like, my homeboy is at work. And just for him to even, you know, still do it and come through for me, I appreciate you, JB, as always. He is dope, man. Dope dude. Um, he does a lot in the community. I mean, that's one brother you need to reach out to. And I'm going to plug him as well. He is just starting his, um, he has like a, he's making lunches or dinners. And uh, you can reach him on his Instagram. Uh, I will tag him in my Instagram when I do the thank yous for the uh, podcast or radio station I'm doing now. When I do the thank you after the show, he'll be on a, a posting and you can go there and place your orders or do whatever and that's going to be at the window c station on ig so yeah <clears throat> he's jb and our like that's my best best friend um best best friend yeah man and he's just he's just a pillar of knowledge for me just an enlightening gentleman and young dude and just doing so much i'm so proud of him uh, you know, just that friend that makes you proud and, like, ends up your life. Like, that's JB. Like, he's always inspiring and stuff. So, shouts out to him. Shouts out to him. And I hope you understood and paid attention to what he was saying, you know. Um, this is real time, y'all. These are real people. My real friends. People that I have vested time in. They've vested time into me. And we've watched each other grow over the years. And it's cool to see, like them transition into life and 
have be these awesome like fathers you know what I'm saying like their kid will never know their their parents before they got here I mean they'll hear stories and stuff but they'll never know like the actual things that happen and what they went through and the experiences they had and it's a blessing to see that and you know maybe maybe even be around to tell them some stories or whatever the case may be but that's that it's just dope okay so I have a twist to the segment and um I thought of this because a lot of my friends were having busy schedules a lot of the guys I told you they're engaged parents um providing for their families and taking kids and shuffling kids here and there practice ballet uh play dates sleepovers school sports whatever it may be they're busy 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 um so I was like man I need some feminine energy on this show and the reason why I wanted to bring feminine energy on because I also need it from a window, a woman's perspective. Um, as in, like, <clears throat> like me, you know, you have my window seat, right? You have my window seat all the time. But let's hear from some other women. Let's hear from their window seat. And my next guest is actually <clears throat> the wife of the gentleman you just heard, JB. He had no idea I was... Um, asking her to be on and share her insight and even me you know I get to questioning her about a couple of things you know just just picking at her brain forgetting we're almost like recording and stuff but she's a dope dope person this is J this is I call her JBZ this is Jessica Blair this is JB's wife um awesome chick awesome just dope female all around uh so let's hop into her interview um she is <laughs> She's a natural, you all. I'm trying to get her to do a podcast. She has so many, so much information and things to share and so much to give. So let's go ahead and hop into her interview. This is Jessica Blair, JB's wife. We're going to get the black woman's black mother, black wife, black daughter's point of view on this My O2 Black History in the month of February, the Black Father Part 2. Told you. Nice little twist. Ay, ay, and enjoy these tunes on the ways. Ways right here at the window seat. Hello. Hi. Hello. All right. So we're on recording. All right, you all. You're just joining with me. This is the window seat. I am Abercadaver, your MC and the creator of the window seat. And of course, you know, I always have to have a twist to anything <laughs> on my ode to Black History in the month of February. The um, Black Father, as I told you all, all my guests were Black men that I knew that were engaged parents and that reminded me of my father, which is why this segment is dedicated to my father. However, the twist is, you know, I had to bounce it out with some mother, <laughs> some energy in here, some feminine Yay. energy. Yes. <laughs> and I have a special guest today, and she is actually the wife of one of my guests that um, you heard earlier on the show, JB. This is Jessica Blair. Hey, no problem. I'm so excited. I'm nervous, but that's all right. I'm excited. Don't be nervous, girl. We out here just chilling. Window seat. I just appreciate you for coming on and allowing, you know, our window seats to come together so we can actually get a better view. And what's so special about you being on here is that we are taking, I'm taking a different angle 
and allowing people to see how a woman that actually is a married to one of these gentlemen that is one of my dearest friends yeah how you know that that whole black love that interaction and i've always explained that we as women need to acknowledge men more you know especially men that are doing great jobs and i you know what if jb is great i knew jessica was going to be great as well oh thank you and i support you know i support this all the way so i'm down for whatever questions you have i'm any insight like i'm here so let me know absolutely and me and jessica actually met so i kind of stole jessica from jb because (laughs) she's dope like i was there when he first met her and you know they were like going through the relationship stuff and just like uh, hearing how amazing she was and I was there when she had um JB Jr and then when they got married and I like cried and stuff it's you know I know I like me and her have never met um physically yet but we talked on the waves and stuff like that of course I will be going to their house eventually yes but yeah right can we get that so excited before we hang up with the podcast maybe yeah maybe okay maybe okay let's continue okay (laughs) so um yeah okay so I gave Jessica two questions and Jessica is out of tell the audience where you're from Jessica I am from Kalamazoo Michigan hey 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 she is from my old college town yes 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 so you know I have friends everywhere you all everywhere (laughs) but I gave Jessica two questions and hold on let me also put in these accolades Jessica is a very established black woman yes she is thank you this girl's her coins and on her education and she's passing this knowledge on to the youth which is another reason why she's definitely have to be on my podcast so thank you you're welcome i'm excited awesome 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 so i gave her two questions we're going to dip into the first one the first question i gave jessica i asked her um you know being married to a black man and then actually having a son and having to raise a black young a young black man in this world how does she like what does she think about and how does she feel when she sees her husband and her son interacting with each other bonding having those um those moments and those um times and spaces what does it make her feel as a black woman as a mother as a of you know even a daughter you know just seeing that interaction go ahead Jess no I when I see them interact and bond and they literally have their own special little connection and they kind of leave me out sometimes which is cool but that like I get so excited number one number two it makes me just smile in the inside because it's just like it's a beautiful thing you know so like their um interaction and their bonding is so organic and it's just like something like a happiness that can't be duplicated almost um just to see my son smile when his dad walks in the room when we're on FaceTime um I don't know if the audience knows but our schedule is a little untraditional so he works in Chicago we obviously live in Kalamazoo so he um you know works in Chicago so he's gone twice you know two days out of the week um in Chicago while he's working and every morning on Fridays because he leaves at about four o'clock in the morning so my son we wake up at about six six thirty I kid you not, every morning he's like, mommy, where's daddy? I'm like, you know, it's Friday. He's already left for work. And it's just, he's like, I don't know. He just asks about him. He can't wait to see him when he gets home for work. Um, They play together. They have their own connection. And I think it's just beautiful, you know, so. 
Oh my god, I'm like crying here, you guys. No, I'm seriously. Tear up. I, I told Think everybody about it. <laughs> I know when, when, like, especially when you get over 30 as a woman, we get extra emotional. So like, anything will make me drop a tear at the like drop of a dime. And this is just beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah. Yes, I'm trying to get myself to get the dress. Okay. But yeah, and I'm just gonna even throw in a part two of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that connection. Why is that so? I mean, obviously, I know why it's important, but what would you tell a woman that says, I, my son doesn't need a man or I can raise a man by himself, by myself, and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't need help or this and this. What, what would you tell a woman like that? Or, you know, just with that mindset? Yeah, so I think, you know, it's two, a twofold to that. Some women, you know, they don't choose that, so it's almost like, They've unfortunately been set in that in that predicament or in their, those circumstances where they definitely didn't choose to. And there are wonderful men who have been raised by single moms, you know. So I right. give them that. And some women are strong and they can still raise wonderful men. But in the situation that we're talking about, I feel like I'm just, you know, just honored and blessed to have a husband and a father that's in my life that values, you know, parenthood just as much as I do. Um, and I think that he knows the important role that he plays in our son's life um and he always teaches him and our son just turned five so he's you know he's really young um he's getting a little bit older but i think just having that male role model that teaches him it's okay to cry it's okay to be you yeah your leader literally he's been telling him to be a leader since he before he can say words you know he's like been telling him to be a leader and i just think that's so important you know um exactly but yeah i just feel like i'm blessed you know and i don't want to say that you know that men can't be raised by single moms because I don't think that that's true but I do think that it's definitely vital and important to have a male figure whether it's a father an uncle a teacher a mentor you know somebody that they can look up to and that they can relate to and that they see you know like and I like that they see themselves in them and I think that's so important because image is everything so you are absolutely right. And, and the reason why I wanted to ask Jeff that question, and I, and I asked her because I knew she could handle it. Um, there are, and like she said, there are situations where a black woman is or a woman is forced to take on that role. Mm-hmm. And then there are situations where we've conditioned our women to think that way. Right. And there's like a couple things I have to say. First of all, women are not wired like men. I cannot teach my son what his father or a father figure could teach him how to be a man because they they have rites of passages just like we do. Right. And those are instruments men, you know, that they are destined to be. Mm-hmm. And if they have their father, they can they can understand like their habits. Like, I wonder why I do this or why, you know, I respond this way. And if they have that, you know, you can see the image. Right. You know, like, okay, I got this from my mom and I got this from my father. Right. And I want to make sure that people are not, um, it's on social media. I see a lot of postings like, oh, I don't need a man, da, 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 this. I hope you're saying that because you're in a situation mm-hmm. that you have to be that. And don't be bitter at the same time because there are fathers I know that want to be in their, um, their kids' lives. Right. And the women that they choose, which is going to lead me to my number one reason, the women that they choose won't allow them. So at the end of the day, the foundation, be mindful of who you're laying with and procreating. Because mm-hmm. that's the number one thing of why, you know, we put ourselves in situations and outcomes like that. Be mindful of who you lay with. You should always be, you know, checking and making sure that 
if I lay with this man and this happens, or if I lay with this woman and this happens, could we coexist and raise this human being? Because it's not about us. Right, right. It's about this little human know. being. Yes. I've had women argue me down and through with that one, girl. So <laughs> I just have to put that out there. Bottom line, comment in on a minute common denominator be mindful of the company you keep and yes and men too you know be mindful of the women yes <laughs> you know that girl or potentially have the you know potential to get pregnant or have children it's important to make sure that they're on the same page as well so yes and we can do it it's not you know no other race it's just because we don't see ourselves on TV like that doesn't mean we're not capable of it as a culture. Right. We are. Because we actually set the rule of thumb for it. So just putting you guys dropping these gems, <laughs> man, just, just a drop of gems. gems. And it's so going true. to... <laughs> yes, thank you. And we're going to go into our um, second question, which is, you know, I'm not sure of um, Jess's background and how she was raised, but Jess, what I know we were all children at one point mm-hmm. in time. What lesson, the most valuable lesson did your father teach you that you, you know, carried with you into womanhood as you've grown up and had your own kids? Okay. So that is a very, like, interesting, deep question. Um, and I'll answer it. My dad and I are close, we're really close, but you probably didn't know this. I don't know if um, maybe JB kind of informed you because I know you guys are extremely close, but. My dad was on drugs and an alcoholic when I was growing up. But one of the main things that he taught me, which will literally stays with me to this day, I think it helped me form my character, was treat regardless of if, you know, someone's on drugs, if they're dealing with demons, their own demons, treat them Mm -hmm. as a human. Mm -hmm. You treat them the same as you would treat a CEO of a company, you know, the same way as you would treat a rich, wealthy person, treat them the same. Everyone has dig- dignity and respect and you need to treat them as that. So I feel like he always instilled that in me, which made me not judge him. Cause now that I'm a parent and now that I'm older, we have our mm. own stuff that we deal with, you know, and sometimes it creeps up into our life, into our parenting that we really yeah. want to, you know, but it does. So I would never want to judge him for that. I love him. Um, and I understand now as an adult that, you know, we have our own stuff that we go through. So I think the main lesson that he taught me was to always treat everybody with dignity and respect and as a human. So Absolutely. And that and you know what, and I, I love that you touched on the whole parent and kid treating your your parent as a human because often even I have trouble with Mm -hmm. this I don't see my dad as human and I'm being honest with you guys my dad can do no wrong Mm -hmm. he can make no mistakes like he has all the answers I expect him to have all the answers yeah my dad you know superhero my parents are superheroes so when they make flaws or they are human I get judgmental like what are you doing that's not even you know but I forget that they're right they had a whole life before I was even born mm-hmm. that I have no idea about, you know? So, yes, thank you for touching on that. That was beautiful. No answer. problem. And I think, you know, just kind of going a little bit further, just with if you were to, like, undo the layers of my dad, like, you know, it goes back to that male figure and the issues yeah. that he had as growing up as an African-American male with not a wonderful role model. You know what I mean? Like, it really plays 
yes. the trauma that you experienced growing up and kind of not really knowing your identity and how that creeps into when you're an adult and you try to, you know, deal with it the best way you know how. So, yes. you know, it all plays a part. So, uh, You're absolutely right. I tell everybody on my podcast when I am, um, you know, getting into topics like this. And let me say first and foremost, thank you for sharing that because, no problem. you know, you never know how to approach somebody with their situation so I allow them to share with me whatever they can and I appreciate you for being open and that's you know somebody out here listening to this and maybe in exact same situation they're like okay you know what I'm not by myself Mm -hmm. that's true and that that's yeah so I and then to go back to the beginning of what I was saying like visit your rabbit hole everybody you gotta go down your own rabbit hole Mm -hmm. you gotta understand and grow as an adult but that goes back to you know really going into yourself and understanding like why am I this way or mad about this what happened to me that I'm not dealing with whatever is suppressed right and you know that's especially with our parents being in the generation that they were born they were taught to suppress a lot yep. they deal with a lot of stuff that we don't deal with yeah that is so true hold it in that's, oh <laughs> hold it in and I think it was even taboo to even crazy. talk about stuff like this. You know, if you were to go to counseling or have yes. the ideas about counseling or therapy, it's like, no, that's for people that are crazy. You know, that doesn't, I don't want to exactly. I don't want to have that label. So, well, I have to snap on that one, Tabernacle, because that definitely does play into this whole podcast, whether you know it or not, like mm-hmm. being open and upfront family wise. Right. And my X Factor question. Okay that I do not prepare anybody for <laughs> on the podcast. Okay. Um, what is one piece of advice you would give your son as a black man growing up in America, in this world? One piece of advice that I would give him is to, number one, just always be comfortable with who you are and know that you are amazing. You know, know that you don't have to compare to anybody else. The world might put these stipulations on you. Um, and with the world, I'm gonna have two words, white supremacy, um, put that on you. And, Girl, go ahead. You know what I mean? Just like the standards, yes. like you don't, those are not your standards, you know? Always have high expectations for yourself, but never, never feel like you're less than because you are black. That means you are amazing. So I will always tell him that. Absolutely. And I have a part two because I've always been curious because, you know, I'm getting to that age where I'm thinking I'm thinking about having children, but I always fight with this one question. Okay. When I have a child, like I don't want to tell I don't want to put limitations on him or her because I want them to reach for the stars. But at the same time, I have to be realistic. Like when you go outside, (laughs) this may happen to you. Like, how do you deal with that as a mom and having a black you know, having a black husband out here, and JB is a handsome guy, and he is like, uh, <laughs> when he comes in the room, he demands, like, yeah. he has, like, there's no way you can get around noticing. Him. Yeah, you know, to have him and then drive me from here to Chicago and then have a black son—that's like a double whammy. Jess. I know, and you know, it's so funny that you bring that question up because it's hard. I'm not gonna lie; like, we just literally had this conversation this conversation the other day about like because I call him all the time like he jokes about it right so when he's driving Mm -hmm. from Chicago he's like oh my god just what do you want but I'm like Blair like it's not because I'm trying to check on you you know or trying to keep tabs on 
Right. It's, it's literally because I'm worried. You know, I'm worried. I want to make sure that you made it to where you're going safely. I want to make sure that you're, you know, that you're just making it right. safely considering everything that's been going on with, you know, the police officers and the the treatment and the murders because they are murders um so it literally makes me so uncomfortable and i have to really like calm myself down and he's you know he's okay with it now but it's really out of worry you know i I am concerned about him and now that my son is getting older like i said he's five um we are gonna eventually have those tough conversations with him that every you know black male in america has probably had with their parents or their you know um people that are raising them that you have to be careful you just have to be careful and you have to treat situations very fragile and vulnerable versus someone else so you just have to be very careful and when you say that to him does it does it make you feel like you're putting limitations on him because you have to do this you know what i'm saying is that 22 It, it is it's tough you know it really is tough but yes and no yes yes it does feel like that um but out of my own worry like I just worry about him so I you know I'm gonna check on him but I don't want him to feel like he you know is something's gonna happen or make him worry but I'm worried you know so I just want to make sure that he's okay but it is a catch-22 and it does I guess in a sense put um, limitations on him but what reality is and what's going on like we can't at, yeah. you know we have to be real about it and we can't act yeah. like nothing's happening you know so no you're absolutely right and this is why this podcast this segment in particular is so important because I you all all my listeners I tell all my guests I want you to be as raw and honest as possible these are the conversations that we're forced to have and I'm going to touch on one thing before we wrap it up because a lot of people want to impeach the current president Mm -hmm. and the reason why i tell them i will never sign an impeachment for trump is because he's forcing the uncomfortable to be up at the front page at the front center he's forcing the dialogue for us to have these conversations Mm -hmm. he's not politically correct he's going to tell you how he feels about you straight to your face and i think that's what america Mm -hmm. needs like stop sweeping the stuff up under rug or pissing on you know, in a cup and telling us it's apple yeah. juice. Tell me, you don't like me, you don't like me. Okay, now we can deal and try to get to it. Right, it's like overt and covert racism, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're talking about it at, in home, at your house, at dinner table with your family, but you're going on, you act like you have black friends, or you're, you know, that you support the movement, but really you're not, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. call it what it is. <laughs> oh, it's day to day, yeah. absolutely. Jess, thank you so much. You're and and see, so you didn't even do like you. There is nothing to be nervous about. You're natural. I mean, I don't know. I was a little nervous, but I feel more comfortable now. So thank you for making me feel more comfortable. I appreciate it. But I hope you know. I hope I was able to give some some insight into how I feel and how I feel as him being a father and how I'm so grateful. Um, you know, to be his wife and I love him so much. I love you, babe. If he's gonna be listening to this, and I love our. And, and I love our family, and I'm gonna cry, but I'm not gonna cry. Okay, but thank you. For having I'm gonna yourself. cry for you because <laughs> I know after he gets done listening to this, her JB has no idea that I've asked his wife to be on the podcast, and it's a uh, I the reason why I did this because I want to give him 
that extra like yo son you doing it like you're actually doing it keep doing it because you have people behind you that are backing you up and supporting you and this is our ode to you in a sense because you are a black father and you're doing what you're supposed to do and i i appreciate the hell out of that jb and i appreciate you like having this queen by your side because she really is a dope person oh thank you Um, i appreciate i am going you're welcome i am going to tag her on the post and as i say to everybody when i advertise my post please don't be a creep don't go on her instagram (laughs) page or don't stalk her don't be a creep she's a married woman and yeah you will be handled as such okay all right you all we'll be back from break soon with our next guest this is the window seat come back and chill with us thank you Oh my god, I'm so good, Joe. Are we are we still on or are we off? <laughs> oh crap, we're still on oh, air. Okay, let's hang up and then call. <laughs> okay. Hey, 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 and we're back from that break interview. You just enjoyed the tunes of I do believe I played India Rebrown Skin. Yes, I did. And also Daughters on Nas. You know, I love having I like putting um songs that relate to what we're talking about into the segment um it just gives it cool vibes and i get to hop all over the music map with it like you'll hear rap hip-hop um r&b jazz old tunes yeah messing with my station you're gonna hear just about anything throwbacks waybacks but yeah wasn't it cool just um jb's wife calling in and giving ode and props to her husband and like I told you, I am a woman's woman. I love to see women like in black love and happy and with like men that respect them and just life and just living and yes, yeah, that's dope, man. And um, she's an inspiring woman, so I hope to like have future endeavors with her as far as business wise. Really smart, intelligent woman. Their son is gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. But yeah, see, like different situations. Like even just having her as a woman on the show and then having her situation as a daughter of a black man and like then her having a son and then her marrying a black man and just the things she goes through as a woman, a wife, a mother, a sister, a um, daughter, you know, it's a whole different window seat. And I want to, my whole point of this podcast, this radio station, is to provide a window seat and many window seats. And the more people that listen, I hope they call in and provide their window seats. It's just 360, you all. 360 vision is better than 180, is better than straight tunnel vision, is better than no vision at all. So I'm just doing my, my piece the best way I know how until I know how to do something better than this. And so on and so forth keep growing keep um loving you know so i do have another guest coming up yes and if you're tuning in i apologize listeners audience people i love you beautiful people out there this is the window seat i am abracadabra your mc and the host of the window seat creator of the window seat as well mc and host are the same thing but yeah um if you're tuning in near far and in between gratitude gratitude thank you for sharing your time and space you didn't have to be here but i'm glad you're here with me and i appreciate the fuck out of it you know i know you're probably just doing whatever you do on a sunday so just get comfortable we're already engaging if you are catching this end of it i suggest you go back and if you haven't even listened to part one go all the way back to that listen to all these gentlemen give them their props to shine in this universe because 
they do exist. They're not an anomaly. Black fathers do exist. They're great, great dudes and great, great role models and men, all of that good jazz. Uh, my next guest is also a female, and her situation is also different. And I love that she agreed to come on to the show because this is somebody that's really close to me. This is my cousin, uh, blood cousin, Miss um, Lauren Owens. And just to know the situation she was in and to see her handle it the way she does as a black woman and still have the respect she does uh, for black males and remember respect is earned it's even given in a benefit of the doubt but once you mess it up you gotta earn it back but yeah just giving her viewpoint and Gil Harris chatted out as we go over her questions as well and she is my last guest and just wrapping up getting some of this female energy in here and into the um, station balance it out um it's still an ode to the black man the black father um just giving him praise and being who he is and acknowledging them more 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 and this is what i'll be doing throughout the month of february every sunday um, the last segment will be dedicated to my father, so he's going to come on here and just give his experience. No questions, just his, you know, I'm just going to let it flow. Um, so, with further ado, I'm going to play some tune, a tune, before I get into her song, um, her segment, and hope you enjoy it. And I, you know what, I played a lot of music before the segment. Let me know what you think. Also, you all, please, women men call into the station please give me your experiences and thoughts um let me know how i'm doing and you know what i can be doing better or what i can keep doing okay so come back right here to the window seat listen to this and we're going to get into the next hello hello can you hear me i can i can all right so we're going to do what i usually do if you're just tuning in, we're back from break, and this is the window seat. I am Abigail, your MC, and the window seat. And I have my next guest. This is the twist, you all, to my Ode to Black History in the month of February, the uh, Black Father Part Two. Um, I told you I was having all my male guests that were um, black male fathers that were engaged fathers um, as guests on my show and dedication to. The Black Father segment on my show, which is actually dedicated to my father. Um, so, with the twist, is that I had to balance it out. So, I had to get some female energy and perspectives on here. Female window seats. Of course, you guys know my show is about light, love, laugh, and live, and laughter. And yeah, that's what we do here. But we also have to deal with some reality topics and put some stuff to light. So, my special guest I have is also my cousin, family member, Lauren, and she's going to give her um, perspective as a black female who has, you know, obviously been navigating this world as well, and she's a new mom as well, so I don't think we need really an introduction here, she's family, she's my cousin, <laughs> we grew up together. So, um, I gave her two questions, and her first question that um, I gave her was, uh, being a new mom and looking at her daughter interact with her father, you know, how does that make her feel as far as the daughter, the father-daughter dynamic and just, you know, the bond or seeing, you know, her interact with will be probably the first, you know, male figure, male role model she will be looking up to in her life. You want to go ahead and speak on that, cousin? 
I sure can. Well, yes, as you said, I am somewhat of a new mom. My baby will be one at the end of, I believe, next month. Yeah, March 31st. So I'm just, you know, getting the... Oh God! <laughs> the mix of everything. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, Peyton's father is not actively involved in her life. But you know, God gives other blessings, so she does have three extremely hands-on uncles as well as a grandfather who are a part of her everyday life and upbringing. Uh, her youngest uncle, who was only 19 years old, actually there in the room. He cut the umbilical cord. He's the one that drove us home on the first day from the hospital. So it actually somewhat, you know, warms my heart to see their interaction because they're more like fathers to her than uncles. They are extremely protective over her. If they see a picture with any other guy on social media with her holding her, I'm getting a text immediately. <laughs> she, um, Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. And she also has an um an extreme, extremely close bond with her grandfather, which is not her blood grandfather. It's my mother's husband, my bonus dad, as we call him. You know, once again, he's been around from day one with her, so that's her papa, and she listens to him more than she listens to me, and I feel a certain way about that, but <laughs> we just don't go with because he has a deeper voice than me. <laughs> So he has a he has a tighter relationship with her than he does honestly with his blood grandchildren because you know he sees her every day you know he's right. in her life so yeah I, you know she's blessed to have those male influences in her life positive male influences you know both her uncles are in college full scholarship so you know she's been to many different colleges graduations so she's seen what young black men should be at a young age and how she should be treated at a young age absolutely absolutely and just and you know i told you i told my guests that i was throwing like popping questions that they're not prepared for but lauren is not prepared for well yeah you are you're prepared <laughs> for the two questions but i have part twos so seeing that and having you know being able to witness that what is some advice if there is like a, a, a young lady out here and you know listening to this particular segment this particular time and day through the waves and she's a young mother and maybe you know she's unfortunate to not have um a counterpart that is father her child and helping her out and just you know or even co-parenting what can you say to that young lady to you know as far as if she's on that road to being bitter or even <laughs> You know, no, because that's a real deal. That's a real it, deal. It, oh, true. Trust me. It's a, it's honestly a real deal. I often say to people that I understand why there's so many quote-unquote bitter black women in the world or, or bitter baby mothers or spiteful. I understand it. I'm not saying I'm one, but I can see how women can go to that road easily. It's very easy to get um, sucked up into what he's not doing and the life he's living and after working a full day, having to come home to deal with the baby, having to deal with laundry, having to deal with cleaning up every single day, it gets extremely hard to stay, you know, positive. But that's honestly, all I can say is you have to stay positive. You have to focus on a bigger picture. Being bitter and spiteful, how is that gonna help you in any form of fashion? It's not gonna help you. It's just gonna add more stress. I'm fortunate uh, enough to, you know, I have a career, so therefore I have a little coin. 
So therefore, I'm going about things the quote unquote right way, which is, you know, the court system with the lawyer, child support and stuff like that. But even that could become stressful when you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars out of pocket to Mm -hmm. do things the right way. And you're not seeing anything happening. You're not seeing, you know, justice in your eyes. That could be stressful as well. But what I will say is don't become one of those women that that's content with not getting child support because I don't need child support because I have the money to take care of the child. Even if you do have the money, you didn't lay down alone. You didn't make that choice alone. So therefore, hold the person accountable no matter what. If it's $10 a month, $20 a month, that's something. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I, I know I put my cousin like in a, on the spot on things and I'm glad that she was able to handle certain situations because I know these these questions can be touchy and you know with her being and having the character in mind she does she handles them very well because I know what she's going through and I know sometimes she you know she gets a, a moment and rightfully so in her feel in her emotions she um you know has to call a spade a spade when she's in regards to her her counterpart um who is the father paid and these are real topics y'all we're not sugarcoating none this shit is really happening this is how she really feels about a situation and i know there are other women out there that really feel that way and i know sometimes people outside of us that you know may not have the the full story or may have their own opinion of it like friends and family members since you want to tell oh you're wrong for saying this in this way or you're wrong for feeling this way and it's just like they're not in that situation and i you know we me and one have talked about certain things that she has posted on social media and i asked her like you know just woman to woman like you know <clears throat> maybe why did you do this or do that and she'll give me her reasons and i have to respect that because that is how she genuinely feels and i see other people comments you know well, you shouldn't do this and you should be posting this, but this is a grown woman and has her child. And if she's any knowledge is knowledge, how you perceive it is whether you want to take it and digest it good or bad. But these are real situations and nobody prepares you for this. There's no class that they should, that they should be teaching in high school about how, like I said, how do we exist when we agree to disagree? How do you still, how, how do you still calculate as an adult? take care of your responsibilities even when you have to disagree with the person that you partner with that's just human basic social skills and that's why things go to the extreme like having to go to court things of that nature over something that shouldn't even be a question you know so um yeah i i want her to just tell like you know how how do you um i said i guess my question was how do you keep from because I've seen her interact with Peyton and never once have I heard her personally bash her father Peyton's father in front of her or tell Peyton like or even tell me like I don't need no man to take me like Lauren's very conscious of that like she's not that that chick so how do you tell chicks that are going through that like that whole I don't need a man to do this with me is you know speak on that because I know you better well I don't know I just think it has to do with my upbringing because um not the yeah, don't you touch on that because that's the next part of the question okay I guess that's, that's that's I'm, not, I'm not going to go too deep but um it's not about it's not the, my mother has been married a couple times so therefore you know even with her failed relationship with my with my father 
to the day I'm 31 years old and my mother has yet to bash my father, speak negative on him, anything. And she could have. She really could have. Even to the point of now, she just recently started opening up about stuff of their past and their relationship. And I'm only 31. So that's more so leading by example. You know, um, it wasn't Peyton's choice to have the father she had. It wasn't Peyton's choice to, you know, be in the situation. It was my choice. I laid down one. I chose the keeper. Because if we're being 100% honest, I mean, I didn't necessarily have my pregnancy. You know, there are other options. But I feel at a adult enough to lay down and you're adult enough to have unprotected sex, then you pretty much know what could come from that. So I know that one day I will have to answer to my child as far as my poor life choices of who her father is. And I'm, to be honest, I wouldn't necessarily say he's a bad guy. He's just, right. he's just bitter. <laughs> so the, the, the person he, he is now, his act is now, that's not even really him, you know. And it may stem from something with his upbringing, you know. Because people, definitely. I always say, people don't react. What people, what you think people are reacting to, is never what they're reacting to. It's it's a emotion that triggers something from the past is why they acting out or how they are the way they are. They don't even understand it. It doesn't excuse it because you have a choice to, you know, address the situation. But it's never what you think it is. Well, no, our situation was a little different. Just an uh, extremely quick backstory. Um, if you know Lauren, that's me, third person, yeah. If you know Lauren, then, you know, I try to carry myself in a certain manner. Some people say, oh, I put up a facade or blah, 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 blah. So me and her father were never technically in a relationship. You could say it was a situationship. We can roll with that. And what many people don't know is I was dealing with him for at least three to four years. But no one knows that because in the public eye, he didn't fit what Lauren would date. He didn't fit the type of man that Lauren could bring around. So no one even really knew him outside of my inner circle of friends or whatever the case may be. So, you know, it wasn't like a one night stand. Oh, I got pregnant. This was someone who was around for three to four years. This is someone who was chasing me to be in a relationship for three to four years. All of the stuff. But, you know, when ish hits the fan, people true colors come out. But I would never, to bring it back full circle, I would never bash him in front of her. I would never talk down. When she gets to a certain age, I will keep it real with her and let her know, you know, this is what it is. And I, the one thing I won't allow is the whole in and out, in and out, in and out thing. So if you're out, you're out. And, and what can you tell those fathers that are actually... Um, Oh, you know what? Let's get in because I'm getting like part A and B in this. We we got time. But what can you what can you tell the fathers that are actually trying to be a part of their child's life? If the if the shoe was reversed, like if your situation was reversed, I'm a firm. Believer, like, if, I'm a firm believer in the court system. I know a lot of people, men and women, don't like getting the courts involved because you shouldn't have to do shouldn't have to do that, which is true. But at the end of the day, I'm about making my life as easy as possible. If you want to see your child and the woman is giving you a hard time, making you go through hoops and stuff like that, you have rights. You simply have rights. Go to court, 
get your visitation, call it a day. At that point, you don't have to battle. You don't have to argue. You could be an active father in that child's life without all the foolery. Nothing more, nothing less. Absolutely, absolutely. And that'll bring me into my second question. I told you, my cousin, she's open book. And, you know, as I will put the disclaimer out, I, I'm broadcasting the segment of advertising to let you all know when to tune in to the actual full segment. Her IG page will be attached. And as I say with all my grass, please do not be a creep. If you have, you know, don't be a creep on her IG page or anything like that. If you have questions, if you have things that you just want to ask her in regards to segment that may tie into your personal life, I'm pretty sure she can address those. Just be respectful when you drop in her DMs. That's hey, all and I disclaimer, have. I am single. Okay, go ahead. Oh my God. <laughs> we are not plugging that. <laughs> <laughs> second question what is the most I can't you second question is what is the most valuable lesson that your father has taught you because we've all been kids at one point in our life and as I asked my friend that was a guest um, before you said you know we all had that moment where we were interacting with our father or a father figure whatever the case may be whoever that father was to you and the person said the one thing to you um in your life that has stuck with you throughout all your childhood, all adult, um, adulthood. Can you um, recall that memory and recall that one life lesson that was so profound to you? Um, to be honest, I can't think of just one thing because uh, me and my father relationship was a tricky relationship, but I can't say I have a lot of little things to this day um, that I remember that made me who I am. A lot of people say it, it ruined me because I have this whole um, set of what people should do for me. But it's more so the values my dad put into me as far as I know what side of the street the man is supposed to walk on. I know to never touch a car door. I know, you know, to never touch a door when I'm entering um, a facility. I know a guy is supposed to take his head off when he walks into a building. So those things, I know that I should never... Well, my dad used to say I should never have to pay it paint us a picture give us a memory this is like memory lane throwback day I, I, I mean I can't remember like I'm 31 years old that, that was a long oh, time ago <laughs> but I remember <laughs> Go ahead. stuff my dad used to tell me is that um, I should never have to pay a bill and I agree with that I should never have to pay a bill oh you are jumping into a whole other segment <laughs> this is my over here playing devil's advocate this is what the stuff my father taught me that you know it's a man's job to provide for the woman to protect the woman and to this very day i have that mindset and maybe that's why i'm single but you know (laughs) growing up i never had to make the bed when i was with my dad i never had to touch a dish i never had to cook anything for myself he did all of those things for me so all of those like things are the things that i remember which made a huge impact of the lauren that you see today right see and that and that's you know in some of those things i can attest to you know um and i guess we as you grow up you can tweak it to your to your um liking it may be but yeah i do remember those and just to be clear lauren and i are cousins on my father's side so yes she's the only other well she's yeah we're both both owen's names 
and um it's kind of dope because we grew up together and she's uh she's actually more like my father than i am <laughs> and it's weird when they're together it's it's not good for people in the world but yeah and so like part two of this question is the last one before we wrap up um, as Peyton gets older and as she becomes an adult, do you, I've always thought this, you know, in my life. And when I say father, you all, I mean any, it could be a biological father, it could be a father figure, it could be anybody that's coming to your life and you in your head have, you know, put them in that role as a role model. What, Peyton have all these father figures, do you think it is a bittersweet thing for her? Because I've all, like, as I grow up, I mean, grow up, as I become a woman, a mature woman of 33 years old, like, I always feel like it's a bittersweet because I know how a man is supposed to act. And then we come into this gene pool of selective, you know, candidates, and it's not that. You know, do you feel like you're putting her at a disadvantage, but she's not a dis- Do you know what I'm saying? Like, not at a disadvantage because her pickings are kind of, like, slim now you know with the gender the world being how it's being well do you you get what I'm saying or do I need to clear I think I do stop me if I'm not going in the direction you think that your question was but I may be putting her at a disadvantage as far as when she gets older when it comes to a man courting her just based on the fact that she's gonna have such a life that her life he's gonna have to be exactly with her you know up uh, what what her mother what certain her, standards right like right now she's she's going to be one in March we're going to Costa Rica in June you know um she's gonna know the gifts she wants to get if we're talking material things you know my baby has Tiffany this Tiffany that not saying material things matter just saying you know after her fifth birthday we will have no more birthday party she's gonna get a stamp on her passport um every year for the rest of her birthday so any man that comes into her life is going to have to be able to show up and show out and bring more to the table than material stuff and money because she's going to say, I got my own money. I had Tiffany's. I've been traveling first class since I've been born. What more can you provide for me? But she can't date until she finished medical school. That's just it. So after medical school, she can search for who she want to search for. Right. And, and I understand that. And it's, you know, and when she says you're gonna have to bring more to the table than money, and let, and just to get a little bit deeper into that, you're gonna have to bring your character, like your whole ambition, like everything that drives you. And I said, any, and I, and you can, if you agree to disagree with this statement, Lauren, I say any woman will follow a man if he knows where he's going. If you have the ability, if a woman sees you fail and you have like the drive to get back up. I promise you, she'll be even more loyal to you for the fact that she even got back up because most people won't. I agree with that. And if, you know, and, and that's kind of the, almost a misconception that we're too headstrong or anything. Any woman will allow men to lead her, but any individual is not going to follow anybody that don't know where they're going. If I'm in the car with Lauren and she don't know where she's going, guess what? Yo, get this gps you know like is that's just common knowledge so the whole feminist thing behind that no and that's what i think is um bittersweet when you have girls or girls that are grown um raised by men like good men that teach them things and what it's like to deal with men in the world and then they become women yeah it's going to be a certain standard and aesthetic that you all have to you know um live up to 
and she'll only be willing to compromise if she will you possess certain characteristics inside you that she is willing to compromise and let down her guard with. That's just it. Well, y'all always say as far as like I'm a, I'm old school when it comes to courting and dating, and I believe a man should lead. You know, and I always say I'll follow if I trust you. I'll follow you everywhere, but I'm not following you to the poorhouse. When you turn left, that's when I turn right. I'm just saying. Mm, absolutely. Because her number one deal is she's a nurturer. If you want her to have buried your children, she, you know, you got to give her the necessary tools in order to create that environment to nurture her, the offspring, the best way she can. And that's not being bougie, it's not materialistic, it's having a certain standard. Because your children are have to go to stand for something or fall for anything, period, point blank. So, ooh, this is a deep, deep segment. Thank you for coming on. And I also worry, y'all, because my cousin will be so raw with it that I might have to, like, take her off anchor. Out you it. told me not to, so I'm being cool right now. But if y'all want to hear the, how I really feel about things, don't have him on Instagram. <laughs> and, and this is how she really feels about things. But she's talking about just not being, like, I don't even know. <laughs> but... <laughs> No, I appreciate your insight because it is 100. Um, even if you were to befriend her, you understand. I would say the story, you would get more details of the story that per se is not privy. You know, that's her business and she's one. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Disclaimer, disclaimer. She said one thing earlier about the Facebook and stuff like that. Just disclaimer. I'm not one of those people that just, you know, put all my business out there on Facebook, but everybody has a breaking point. So I had a breaking point maybe two times where I put stuff out there and I don't regret it whatsoever. But that won't happen again. Well, I'm not going to say that won't happen again. I don't know. But disclaimer, <laughs> that's not my style, but everyone has a breaking point and I reached it and that's why Facebook got that lovely, um, lovely post from me. <laughs> and see, and she's keeping it real and that's what being at the window seat is all about. You have to be daring, you have to be open, you have to be willing to sit at somebody else's seat or share somebody else's window seat to get a better picture of the whole story. Because there's many, many sides to all stories, but at the end of the day, just be a good person, be a respectable person, be the best person you can be in this universe. Mind this company you keep. That's it. Thank you, Morn, for coming on and sharing your, your gems and your stories and your experience. I appreciate it so much. You're helping somebody out there that's listening, whoever we're talking to. We appreciate it. Her and I. So no problem. I'll if you're um, just... send my bill to you. I have my agent to my bill. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, we're going to close window, um, Lauren's window. <laughs> Closing it out. You all will be back again with my next guest here on the window seat. Hi, you all. How did you enjoy that that interview? I have some very interesting, you know, situations and people, and I'm so glad that they come on and share them. That's like that's a vulnerable space to be in, you know, you know. And excuse me, excuse me, if you just tune in, hey, you gotta be on time next time. My podcast, my radio station starts at 11 Central Standard Time. Get get the notifications, start me so you remember to come back. So look, what I want you to do is pause this, come up out of this segment, go to the first one. If you didn't listen to part one, listen to that, come all the way back and catch up. They I don't delete them, they don't go anywhere. They'll be here until February, okay? 
So catch up with us. I want to thank you for even coming and tuning into the window seat. I appreciate your time and space. Like I said, you could have been doing anything, but you're here with me, and I appreciate the fuck out of it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Gratitude, 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 gratitude that we're here. We woke up, or we grand rised up out of our beds this morning, and we're breathing. Yes, 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 indeed. Um... I'll see you all call in. Let me know what you think about the interviews. Let me know if I'm missing something or something I can do better. There's something you want me to keep doing. Some A topic you want me to talk about. Give me your experience on um, my ode to Black History in the month of February, the Black Father. Let me know what you think. Um, if you have an experience or thought and opinion you want to share, hit that call in button. You can record up to however long you want to. I will add your segment to this segment. Or your piece to this segment, we can get it cracking like that. We're engaging, so let's continue to engage. That was my last interview um, for part two. I had to put the women in the middle, balance it out. Um, I do this to honor my friends. I do this for my culture. I do this for my own way of expressing my gratitude to my father just the experiences i had as a girl growing up and i'm going to get into that um on the last segment where it's just me and my dad excuse me y'all i apologize and um just the impact the impact and knowing Things could have been different. I could have took many other detours in life. And just being thankful that I didn't because of the person who he was as a man raising a a little girl, a little black girl at that. So, man, it's just, I appreciate you all, you know. The last um, part one got 180 views. Like I said, I always wanted to be on the waves, especially doing things like, out of my head like man I wonder if somebody's thinking the way I do or reacting the way I want to react to this or how I react and just being on the waves and having a hundred and I would didn't I wouldn't care if it was two people just having somebody listen to you I'm not you know I'm the one people come to to listen to their issues and things like that but being able to talk and speak and engage with people like this and it's just it's therapeutic for me and I appreciate that um that you all tuned in and even if you only tuned in for a minute of it or 30 seconds of it thank you still you came and you at least attempted that's the most I can say or you know that that's the least I can ask and I appreciate that um 108 views is a lot I don't take for granted not one of those so understand how important this is to little black girls and little black boys all over the world who grow up to be adults in this world who grow up to teach the next generation it's important representation is important having tangible role models and things to look at up to is important having somebody to share your most deepest darkest secrets and know that you're protected is important having somebody to vouch for you an elder or something like that is important you all having to know that you can go to the one person you can count on is important. You have a teacher that's going to teach you something is important because they have your best interests at hand. It's nothing like a father. I'm telling y'all, the best one in the world is having somebody to have your back and just not even have to worry when there's so much against you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's important. It makes you feel good. 
And like I say, I'm thinking and I'm grateful that my father was the man he was because it could have been a lot different. So I'm going to wrap it up, but we're going to come back, okay?